5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratsports.com. Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dennison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Glad to be with you to close out the week. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Don't forget, high school basketball tonight on the Big X will be out at Johnson Arena at Jeffersonville High School for the big rivalry game tonight. Silver Creek at Jeffersonville. I think it'll be a good one. Silver Creek 6-0 and on the season. To me, they've really been the surprise of the area so far. Jeffersonville, loads of talent. Coach Wilkerson trying to get everybody together. 1-2 and two after a slip-up at uh, Seymour that was very unexpected for the Red Devils last weekend. So a good one tonight. Big weekend for both ball clubs. Silver Creek and Jeff tonight. Silver Creek, Bedford North Lawrence on the road Saturday. Jeffersonville goes down to the Pocket City. It'll take on Evansville Harrison at Balsey Saturday afternoon. So uh, a medal testing weekend for both of these high school basketball clubs in the area. Jeff Crawford will join me tonight. We'll be on the air at 7:10 with our pregame show from Johnson Arena at Jeffersonville High School. Let's look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we're right in the middle of high school basketball season that dominates so much of our talk on this show. But we got to talk today to the new Jeffersonville High School football coach. He's no stranger to football in southern Indiana or to the Jeffersonville program. His name is Joe Washington. He was approved earlier this week as the new boss of Jeffersonville football. And we'll get an introductory chat with him coming up here in just a moment. Later in the show, Dylan Wallace is with us. We'll talk IU Kansas. Get you ready for the big one at Assembly Hall tomorrow. It's a big one. It's going to be a fun one for fans. It's going to be a tough one for IU basketball with where things stand at at this early juncture of the season. No question about that. Later today, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star will check in. We'll talk high school hoops and recruiting and more. And that's our lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Stop by Honey Baked Ham today for lunch. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line always open during the show. The number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You got a question for one of our guests. You want to make a prediction on how close you think Indiana can keep it tomorrow against Kansas? 
or what high school basketball game you're headed out to tonight. We always love to get your interactions on the program. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you are looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Busy show today. Let's get right to our first guest, Joe Washington, the new head coach of Jeffersonville football. Coach, first off, congratulations on the new gig. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Great to have you with us today. You are no stranger to football at the high school level here in this area. I know you've spent a number of seasons helping different high schools in Louisville, and you also have been the head coach of River Valley Middle School, which is one of the big feeder programs into Jeffersonville High School. So, Coach Washington, you're taking over a program that while it's a new job for you, a new role for you, it's a program that you're very familiar with, I have to believe. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with um, the southern Indiana, southern Indiana area, and some of the things that you know the kids can, um, you know, produce out of here, and you know the talent that that's here, that you know I want to help you know explore, you know, better options for them and help them develop um, on the football field as well in the classroom. So I'm familiar with a lot of the students, you know, because I'm a counselor over at River Valley Middle School. So half of the school I already know, and some of the other kids that went to Parkview. Uh, know me by, you know, talking to some of the other kids that went to River Valley through through the years. Coach, uh, looks like your father was a longtime head coach in Kentucky. Uh, You played college football at Western Kentucky. Uh, Everything I have seen and heard about you so far is you're a guy that has been around football essentially your entire life. Can you kind of take us back through your history as growing up around your father, who was a great coach in Kentucky, playing college football at a very high level at Western Kentucky, and how maybe those experiences have helped prepare you for professional life and, and now taking over this Jeffersonville program? Yeah, my father, um, he's, uh, you know, I got big shoes to fill. You know, he was a Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Fame coach over in uh, the state of Kentucky, which, you know, that's a great honor for him. He he did an exceptional job. Uh, just growing up, like I told, uh, mentioned before, you know, daycare back in the day was football practice for me and my little brother. Uh, my dad would just pack us up. We'd spend all day, you know, at his high school that he was coaching at. Uh, we started out at Fort Knox and, you know, just running around, you know, interacting with the players, learning the game at a young age. I mean, Football part my longest longest standing relationship right now. So, uh, just you know, growing up around the sport, uh, it's almost like I inherited that gene to to you know be a coach and you know be around football all my life. Uh, <clears throat> playing for Jack Harbaugh at Western Kentucky was an experience. I had a great time there. Uh, met his son, both of his sons came in, you know, talked to us, you know, periodically. Uh, coach Harbaugh, if anybody knows him, is a no nonsense. You know, he wants to be physical. He wants to, um, you know, impose his will on, on the on the opposition. So, you know, that's sort of the mentality that I have going forward. You know, I want to be able to impose our will up front, being an offensive lineman, playing that, playing that offensive line um, in college. You know, I want to be able to impose our will up front on offensive defense and be able to fly around and uh, score some points and stop, you know, stop, stop teams from uh, scoring the points as well. You know, just really make it a difficult night for whoever comes into the stadium. 
Absolutely. Joe Washington, new football coach at Jeffersonville High School, joining us as we start this Friday program. Coach, it sounds like lots of experience, lots of uh, uh, memories around the game of football. As you prepare to take over this Jeffersonville program, obviously there's a lot to, to work on. There's a lot to build up for the future. Can you maybe take fans or listeners through Coach Washington's kind of general beliefs on a football team, offensively and defensively, some of the plans that you uh, hope to instill with this club? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, offensively, I want to play fast. Uh, it might look like a variation of, you know, something that, you know, Oregon might do, you know, going to hurry up offense. But we're going to uh, be able to run the ball up front, inside zones, power, outside zones, a lot of screens to the uh, receivers so they can get out in space, get these athletes out in space, and so they can uh, make moves and make, you know, make plays for themselves. And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, throw some running back screens and, you know, incorporate the, the quarterback in the offense as well. I like to do a plus one type uh, run game. So we want to make sure that, you know, during our run game, we have a one plus advantage against the defense. So, you know, we're spreading them out, you know, putting the quarterback, you know, doing some read option and things of that nature that allows, you know, the quarterback to be a big part of the offense. So uh, that's uh, offensively, I want to um, go fast and, you know, put up a lot of points and put people in, put the defense in uh, bad positions to where, you know, it favors us up front. And then on defense, uh, <clears throat> Defensive coordinator that I'm bringing along with me from uh, Atherton High School. Uh, he runs a, a, a variation of a 4-2-5. Uh, it might, sometimes it might look like a three-front, but it's a 4-2-5. Uh, he likes to bring pressure. He believes that pressure, you know, causes turnovers. So we want to be a big turnover team. We want to, you know, fly around the ball, you know, strip the ball from the, you know, running backs. Ball goes in the air. We feel like that, that pass the quarterback is making is to our DBs. So we want to, you know, get as many turnovers and put the offense in a better situation. Uh, to score points. Joe Washington, new football coach at Jeffersonville, our guest. Coach, I'm sure you've had a chance to meet with the team, whether it's collectively or individually, after the announcement of you taking over the program. What's your message been to those guys coming off a tough season, a change coming for them this offseason with you uh, breathing new life into the program? What's, what's the message to your players, the guys coming back, that you tell them right out of the gate about a Coach Washington-led Jeff program? Are we going to be tough? Right, we gotta be hard nosed, we gotta be tough physically, mentally, and you know, know our assignments. But at the same time I let the kids know yesterday they're gonna have fun. I you know, I want this to be a fun experience to them. Football gave me so much in my life. I want them to be able to be able to experience fun, winning, and also, you know, we're gonna work hard. We'll be disciplined and you know, do, you know, proper technique and fundamentals on you know, that football, you know, you have to have to play football. Joe Washington, Jeff, football coach with us. You've been in this community now for a number of years. I mentioned your experience with the River Valley football program in addition to other high school opportunities as well. Um, did you ever think working at River Valley as a counselor that you would ultimately be the head football coach of the high school program you represent? And also on top of that, what was the feeling like earlier this week? I believe it was a girls basketball game when athletic director Larry Owens took to the microphone and introduced you uh, to the crowd. I wasn't there, but saw pictures. You were all smiles. I know a very happy moment. But what's this whole thing been like to uh, be named the Jeff football coach after some years of working with these kids and working in the community uh when i first moved over here 15 years ago 
I mean, I'm, I, I joke around and tell people I'm like a ghost. Nobody really knows me because I stay to myself. I, you know, I go to work. I come home, spend time with my family. But uh, I did 15 years ago. I, I came to a game, and I was like, you know, this is a nice environment. It's a nice atmosphere. You know, I think this, this community can really thrive. And, I, you know, I wanted to one day, you know, be a coach, you know, no doubt. But um, it never really crossed my mind. It, things just fell into place, and it just happened to – you know, fall in my lap, you know, this year. And it's just been, you know, just I've been so excited. Like, I really couldn't tell anybody until the board approved it. So it was like I was holding a big secret and I couldn't tell anybody. But when he announced me and, you know, and I finally was able to uh, show some emotion, I think I was very overwhelmed with emotion, just happy. Um, saw some of the kids that I know from, you know, River Valley, and they came up and was excited. So, you know, it made it really really special for me. Joe Washington, new football coach at Jeffersonville High School. Coach, great to uh, catch up with you for the first time on this radio show. We'll, I'm sure, talk some this offseason as you uh, get your teeth into things with the football program at Jeff and obviously look forward to a lot of conversations as we head into high school football uh, next fall. But congratulations, and we'll talk with you again soon. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Joe Washington, new football coach at Jeff, with us here on this Friday edition of the program. Always fun when there's a new coach. Uh, Obviously, all their background, their stories, their beliefs, uh, their priorities in building a program. It's interesting to hear them uh, live on the radio just after they've gotten the job. So I have heard lots of good things about Coach Washington and look forward to seeing what he can do with Jeffersonville football. You know, it's amazing to me, and I know this comes up at some point during the football season every year, but Jeffersonville such a big school locally. Same for New Albany, uh, especially. Floyd Central in that mix as well as far as one of the biggest schools, 4A schools in basketball, 5A in football. Of course, Jeff has been 6A at the bottom of 6A as far as enrollment goes. But as good as those schools collectively have been in sports, whether it's basketball or really a number of different sports, um, football has just never clicked. New Albany had kind of a breakthrough where they got to the semi-state a few years ago, which was really nice to see a local team alive that deep into the tournament. Jeff has had some up and down years, some decent regular seasons, but no real postseason success for years and years and years. And I'm talking about regional beyond even. So uh, maybe Coach Washington can be the guy to build that program because you know the athletes have to be there. Is the focus not on football? It's hard to answer. And it's not just at Jeffersonville, other schools as well. So curious to see when there is a turn, if there is a turn in football, at some of the bigger schools, what type of program they can build. Because uh, for a lot, a lot of my lifetime covering this stuff, Clarksville years ago to a state championship game in their class, Providence uh, has had some good teams back years ago, and then this year had a really good team in 1A football as well. I mentioned the surprising breakthrough for New Albany to get to the semi-state a couple years ago. But uh, the postseason success, the state rankings – They don't exist uh, locally as they do in so many other sports. Girls basketball, boys basketball, 
baseball. We've had good softball teams. Volleyball obviously has been one of the best sports here in Clark and Floyd County. So will football ever get there? Maybe it's Coach Washington. Maybe it's some future coaches that are able to build and do that. But uh, it is an interesting thing to think about high school football here in this area and really some of the lack of postseason success when you compare it to other sports. But great to have Coach Washington with us. Look forward to covering him and his Jeffersonville team here in the coming season. Uh, We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour News and Tribune, will talk IU Kansas and also still ahead, Kyle Denrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk high school hoops, recruiting, and more. And Silver Creek Jeff tonight. I think it's going to be a good one at Johnson Arena. Hope you can be there for the game. If you can't, we'll have the full play-by-play story on the Big X, beginning with our pregame coverage tonight at 7.10 p.m., 14.50 a.m., 96.1 FM, streaming online, BigXSportsRadio.com. We're in the TuneIn app. All sorts of ways you can listen if you're out doing Christmas shopping or at another game or have a function tonight. You can't hit a high school basketball game. Make sure you check in with us for updates, not just from that game. We'll do our best to keep you posted on Floyd Central Providence. That's another big rival game tonight. And I'll tell you another game that's interesting to me, Orleans hosting New Albany, a battle of the Bulldogs. Both teams have the mascot of a Bulldog. Orleans, a small 1A school. They've got great coach Tom Bradley, and it's a tough place to play, and they, uh, once again, are a very solid team. I don't know exactly how good, but we'll find out tonight as they host New Albany how good this Orleans team is. Kind of a, a tough, tricky game, potentially, for New Albany. We'll see how they handle this one on the road. We'll head to a break. We're back with uh, IU-Kansas discussion. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday show. Silver Creek at Jeff tonight. Pre-game coverage on the air at 710. If you want to join us for that, we'll have the full play-by-play story from Johnson Arena tonight. Lots of good high school basketball this weekend. It's uh, getting ready to get even to a better season. A lot of holiday hoops with uh, tournaments and so forth coming up. As uh, Today, I think the last day for some as far as uh, Christmas break, winter break goes. Others have a day or two next week before they enter the break, but just a really good time of year to uh, catch up on things and check out some basketball. Speaking of basketball, big game coming up Saturday. Everybody knows about Indiana, Kansas. Dylan Wallace is with us now to preview that contest. And Dylan, I tell you what, you know, I know the Indiana fan base is amazing. Assembly Hall, when it's rocking, is so much fun. And it's, I believe, going to be rocking a stripe out on Saturday for the IU-Kansas game. And even though there were some good signs back in those two Big Ten early games where IU won both of them, uh, based on what we saw against Auburn down in Atlanta, it's hard for me to find a pathway in my mind that this Indiana team can come out on top. Do I think they can play close with Kansas at home and the crowd behind him and maybe they hit some threes? Yes, but do I see Indiana winning that game? I wish I could report to the lots of Indiana fans listening that I 
think it's possible, but Dylan, I just don't see it. It's going to be tough. Uh, we ha- they had the literal two steps forward and a huge step back. You know, in those two Big Ten games, it was like, oh, this is good. And then the Auburn game was just kind of eye-opening in terms of just how maybe far off this team is. And we saw it a little bit in a UConn game. Um, and to see it happen on a kind of an even enhanced level against Auburn, just getting blown off the floor to an Auburn team that is, is good and it has some really good players, but isn't to the level of maybe a Kansas quite yet. And, and I mean, you have the advantage of being at home tomorrow, which is good. I think Assembly Hall is going to be awesome. Uh, I'm going to be there. I can't wait. I haven't been to Assembly Hall in a, in, a, in a while, so it'll be fun to kind of be back there and see a game. So the environment should be awesome. And, you know, in these kinds of games, when Indiana's not playing well, um, the crowd just helps. Hopefully you, you just hope it helps them stay close, like you said. Be competitive. Be in the game. You know, keep the crowd into it. And, you know, maybe just maybe down the stretch, and if it's close, you can come up with enough plays to win. But if they play like how they did against Auburn, um, it, just, it might not be close again. The Kansas is a really, really good team. They have a lot of good players. We all know Hunter Dickinson is going to be back. Um, and, you know, it doesn't seem like Xavier Johnson is going to play based on Mike Woodson saying today he just doesn't know when he's going to be back. So not having Xavier Johnson in this game, you know, against a team that has a, has a really experienced point guard in DeJuan Harris um, and has some, some explosive dudes on the perimeter. It, you know, it's just, it just is a tough matchup for Indiana. And I, I'm worried. I hope the crowd can just help carry him for a while, but it just it just feels like this Kansas team might be a little too good. But, you know, I think just part of me is hoping the Assembly Hall Magic can carry the Hoosiers to a win and they come out with the hair on fire. You, you at least hope they come out ready to play. You know, that's the one thing is that you just hope they come out inspired, hoping to rebound from that terrible Auburn game. And um, if they show some good signs, maybe, maybe we'll be happy with that. But this is the last, you know, non-conference, opportunity here to get a really really good win they don't have one yet obviously in, in the non-conference slate so um it's kind of an important game when you when you look at things and when you look at how big the big 10 is struggling i don't want to get too far ahead of things but uh this is this is a, a pretty big opportunity for indiana and it just seems like it might be too far out of reach with with how good kansas is and how poorly indiana played last week but maybe maybe with the crowd and, and a week off to fix some things uh we'll see a different result that'd certainly be a nice surprise Talking with uh, Dylan Wallace, former sports editor, Seymour Tribune on IU stuff here Fridays on the show. Uh, I was going to ask you about Xavier Johnson next. You brought it up in your answer there, but never good on a pre-game day or day before availability with the head coach when uh, Mike Woodson's answer is on Xavier Johnson. It's time frame to return. I don't know. Uh, that's not good. That means he's probably not going to be there Saturday. And it seems like uh, there's a lot of unknown with what his future is like, at least over the next couple of weeks is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it's really disappointing. Um, you know, just because I, I know the team played well in the second half against Harvard and they beat Maryland Michigan without Xavier Johnson. But um, when you watch that Auburn game, it just shows you how much they need a player like him because he's at least a guy with all his flaws that can – kind of spear out things defensively, um, be kind of that pit bull guy, be, be a high-energy player. He can he can use his speed to kind of make things happen on offense. So, um, you know, they just don't have that kind of element without him on the floor. And it's just tough, you know. I know he's been up and down, but this team clearly needs him against better teams. Um, they can win some of these lower-level games or beat some teams in the Big Ten without him. But a game like Auburn, a game like tomorrow against Kansas, just having a player like him on the floor is, 
is huge. It just seems like it's not going to happen. Um, and I, we might not see him, you know, after Kansas, there's going to be some easy games, and I wouldn't imagine they'll throw him out there for that. So we might not see him till till January or some Big Ten games coming up. So um, hopefully he can get back on the floor, though, because this team's going to need him, especially, um, you know, heading into conference play if they want to stack enough wins together to put together a tournament resume. You know, they're going to need him on the floor. So uh, disappointing. I was really hoping he could, he could come back for, for the Kansas game tomorrow because I just think he could be a really big part in uh, helping Indiana potentially get a win. But without him, it's going to be an uphill climb. Trent Galloway's got to be a lot better. Um, you know, Gabe Cups has to be – you know, I think Gabe Cups has been solid. He played pretty decent against Michigan and Auburn, but he's going to have to be a better. And um, I guess your one hope is, you know, the, the, the saying is role players usually play better at home. So hopefully those guys, C.J. Gunn, Caleb Banks, Anthony Walker, Peyton Sparks, all those guys, when they come in, hopefully they're charged up with the crowd and, and they just play better than they have been. And and that could be um, a positive thing. You know, I think Anthony Walker's been pretty good, and I think he probably should have played more against Auburn, but um, these guards are going to have to make up a lot for what, uh, you know, we're missing without X. So Trey's got to play better, Gabe Cubs. CJ Gunn's got to find what he found in the second half of that Michigan game to be able to play too. So it's a tough loss for Indiana, and um, hopefully he can come back. You know, he missed all last year. He got hurt right around this time when they played Kansas last year. He was out the whole year, and, you know, he got the waiver to come back, and now you just feel for him because he, he clearly wants to be out there. So hopefully Indiana gets him back at some point this year, um, and clearly probably won't be tomorrow. So it's disappointing, but, you know, at least you hope he can play a little bit later on the season just because, you know, they're going to need him if they want to put together a tournament resume. Uh, interesting answer, and I didn't get to listen to the press conference this morning with Coach Woodson, but he was asked about three-point shooting, which is something we talk about a lot. Fans text me a lot about it on the show uh, and people have asked, media have asked Coach Woodson a lot about three-point shooting. His answer today to the media was, quote, guys, I'm going to tell you this for the last time. We take enough threes. We've just got to make more of them. Sounds like a little frustrating with those questions, and I get it. You ask about something over and over again. But three-point shooting, whether it's the number that Indiana is taking on average or the, the, the number that Indiana is making, or in some cases not making on average. It, it's been a big concern uh, for everybody, I think, this season, and Coach Woodson is constantly answering questions about it. It's a really tough back and forth. Um, you know, I think, obviously, in the way basketball is played, you want to have high-volume three-point shooting. Um, but if guys can't make shots, you know, you, there's an argument to be made. You maybe shouldn't take a whole lot. Um, and when you have efficient scores in the post, like Khalil Ware and Malik Renew, you know, there's the argument to be made, you know, why wouldn't we just continue to dump it into them and have them score inside? And, you know, you just had this push and pull and we're trading twos or threes. And, you know, you just saw, when you watch what happened last Saturday with Auburn and, and what they were able to do with the three-point line, the players they had that could knock down shots, um, that's clearly the way to be successful in college basketball. And, you know, Indiana will have success. They'll win plenty of games with, Lake Renew and Clint Ware being dominant in the paint. But when they play more physical teams who can kind of stifle them and make things tough and make them less efficient, um, and you don't have the three-point line as a weapon, that's when things get tough. And right now, he doesn't have the three-point line as a weapon. I, I know Woodson said we're taking enough. You know, they took, what, like 15 against Auburn? You know, they, they need to take more than that. You know, they only made six. You know, really, they only really made four. If you think about it, the last two came in garbage time when the game was out of hand. So those four were made in the first, you know, five minutes of the game. So I do think, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a it's a huge priority for him 
the three-point line is. And it's, it's, it's tough to, to, to think what should this team do because if they're not good at shooting threes, then why you take then why would you want them to take so many? I don't know. It's an interesting concept that it's going to be an argument all season with Indiana fans and, and what they should actually be doing. And I think what, what helped them last year was Trace was so good at, you know, throwing those skip passes, passing out of the post, passing out of the double team that Indiana had a lot of open looks. And right now, Malik Renew doesn't really have that part of his game. I mean, he, he kind of just, when he gets the ball in the post, he just sees one thing, and that's I'm shooting the ball up at the rim. And, and a lot of Indiana's bigs are just kind of forcing things up in traffic. And a lot of times, we're, we're kind of missing, they're kind of missing guys that are out open on the three-point line. So, um, you know, hopefully the interior passing can get a little better, and that could maybe create some more open shots. You know, I think Mackenzie Ibaka is a pretty good shooter. If he can get more looks, Tick Ellis' shot seems to have completely disappeared. Um, you know, C.J. Gunn has struggled most of his career, but has hit, has hit a few lately. So, you know, it's just there's not a whole lot of options to make threes. And I don't know what the right balance is for Indiana right now. You have the really efficient scorers in the post. You have some decent shooting. Um, you need to take more if you can't make them. I don't know. Or do you need to take more just to hope that the percentages go up and you hit more of them? It's, it's a tough it's a tough thing that we're going to just struggle with all year in terms of what we think they should do. Um, hopefully they find that balance, though. I, I think there's a way to be dominant in the post but also use that as an advantage to get open looks on the outside. They need to figure out – they need to show Malik Renew some clips of what Trace was doing last year when he would always swing those passes to the top in the corner. You know, they gotta they got to figure that out a little bit more, and that can maybe help them generate some better looks. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a conversation all year long, I feel like, and Woodson does seem a little fed up with it already about how many times he's going to get asked about it just because of the, the low volume and low percentage Indiana has been shooting so far this year. Talking IU basketball with Dylan Wallace in advance of Saturday's big Indiana and Kansas game. The list of recruiting visitors, targets that are going to be on campus is amazing for this game. Joson, I believe I'm saying it right, Sanon, 2025 wing forward from Vermont Academy, Bryson Tiller, 2025 forward from overtime elite. They're going to be making official visits. Both of those guys are really big names. And then some other players coming in for unofficial visits, uh, Jalen Harrelson from Fishers, who's now at La Lamere, and then Trent Sisley from Heritage Hills, two of the biggest in-state names in the class for sure. So uh, a huge opportunity. I'm just kind of touching on some of the guys that are going to be there. There's a number of others, uh, really good players that have been confirmed to be there uh, this weekend or this Saturday. So an opportunity, I guess, winner lose for these yeah. targets to see what IU basketball, the fans, the environment, maybe what it could be if it doesn't turn out Indiana's way Saturday, what it could be if they can be that loud and excited for a team that may or may not have a chance. What could they be for a you know a team that was highly ranked and a team that was maybe a favorite in a game against Kansas. So huge list of visitors, Dylan, coming in on Saturday to Bloomington. Yeah, huge opportunity. I think you hit it on the head. Win or lose, it's actually a really good opportunity just for them to be in the building. Because even if they're going to lose this game, we know the crowd is going to be on fire from the start. You know, they're going to it's going to look cool with the candy stripe out. The, the you know the the stadium or the arena will be striped out with red and white. So I mean, it's going to look cool. It's going to sound awesome. It's going to be supercharged up right from the tip. And if Indiana can just use that momentum and make this game close throughout, win or lose. The players in attendance will get the feel of just how important big games are in Assembly Hall. And, you know, it also just shows 
how much games like these, you know, they can show we can put you in games like these. This is the 12:35 CBS national TV against the number two team in the country. Um, these are the types of games Indiana wants to be in. I know, obviously, the last few years, whether it's Arizona or UConn or Auburn or Kansas last year, like Indiana's been getting blown out in a lot of these games. But these are the games they want to keep on the schedule because you can point to recruits and say, this is the t- these are the types of games that you guys can play in when you come here in this type of environment against these type of teams with all these eyes on you, um, that's important. And whether they win or lose, they need to keep scheduling games like this. It's better than bringing these recruits to the Crossroads Classic and just playing those games, you know. I think this is an important opportunity, and there's a lot of really good players who will be sitting in the stands, and um, it, it's going to be awesome. You know, I, I I can't wait to be in Assembly Hall. It's going to feel so cool again to feel that crowd and then be a part of a big game atmosphere. And for, for players who are trying to picture, you know, where they want to go play when they're trying to think of themselves in uniform or playing in the arena, when you're in something like that, it just, it's got to influence you one way, you know. So I think it's going to be a good win or lose experience for all these guys to get to see that type of environment. So um, hopefully it helps. Hopefully it helps land some, some of these guys. And I think, you know, we've seen pretty clearly here, recruiting and the type of players they needed, um, we're, we're still a little bit away from it. They, they need some better players, better shooters, better athletes. You know, we've seen it with, with Auburn. We've seen it with even Miami last year in the NCAA tournament. You know, those types of teams and those types of players are, are successful in March. And Indiana, for as good as players they've had, you know, the, they need some, some of these guys that seem like they're in tennis. They project to be the types of players you want on your roster going forward. So huge opportunity, um, a lot of big names. It's going to be awesome. I'm sure a lot of the fans will know their names. Maybe the student sections will chant at them. Who knows? You know, it'll be it's always fun when, when the crowd in Bloomington sort of knows what's going on. So big opportunity, and it uh, should be a fun environment for all those guys to sit in. Wallace, he's with us Fridays. We talk IU basketball and more here in this segment. Dylan, enjoy the game Saturday. We'll see what this Indiana can or can't do against a big-time Kansas team who I think is really good. And we'll talk with you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star in just a few minutes, who's uh, scheduled to join us. do want to give a shout-out to Caden White, Jeffersonville baseball standout. He recently signed with Indiana State Baseball. A big decision for him, just another varsity baseball player from our area uh, going on to play Division I college baseball. We talked earlier about football, the lack of postseason success. We haven't had uh, any shortage of that in baseball. I mean, Indiana or Southern Indiana baseball has been outstanding. Uh, not just the tournament success, but so many guys go on to play college baseball at all levels, including the Division One level. It's just amazing. So Caden White, who announced his commitment back in the fall, officially signed with Indiana State, and uh, great to see another guy locally getting a chance after high school um, sports to continue on, not just in college, but at a very high level. Uh, so congratulations to Caden White of Jeffersonville. We'll be at Jeff tonight, Silver Creek at Jeffersonville. Uh, join us at 710 for the pregame coverage. And we'll step aside for a quick break. We're back with Kyle Nedenrip to talk some basketball and some recruiting and more. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Meet. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. 
You know, most people would kill me to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. We could not get connected with Kyle Medrib, so not sure what the situation is there, but we'll still talk a little high school basketball, a little recruiting heading into the weekend. Justin Kalen, producer of this show, will be with us. And Justin, I've said this week I'm very high on Silver Creek and Jeff. Uh, that game tonight I think will be a good one. Our two options to broadcast were either Silver Creek, Jeff, or Floyd Central Providence. I think Providence can handle Floyd but I think Creek and Jeff could be a good one. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good one. I haven't quite seen Jeffersonville this season, Matt, but I called uh, North Harrison Silver Creek last week, and Jeffersonville's going to have their hands full tonight. There's no doubt about it. Cason Dager is such a fun player to watch. He can create his own shot really well. And then you've got uh, Dane Sprigler, who you've brought up over the past few weeks, another sophomore there for Silver Creek. He's been really good. So they've, they've been a nice little one-two punch. But this is a Silver Creek team that they not only do they have those two younger guys, but they have a mix of experienced guys with that team as well, whether it's Hoffman or uh, – I can't think of the other kid's name. Uh, Davidson. He's, yeah. he's been there a long time as well. So, yeah, they, they have a nice blend of younger guys and experienced guys. And then Coach Hoffman at the top and, and his head coaching role has been really good throughout his years. So this is not going to be an easy game for Jeffersonville. But from what I understand, and you can maybe help provide some clarity on this, Jeffersonville would have the talent advantage, correct? Yeah, I think so. And I, I still believe wholeheartedly that when it's all said and done, I'll be shocked if Jeffersonville's not the best team in this area mm -hmm. and the best team with a chance to make a run uh, really deep in the state tournament. I think they've just got some things to figure out like a lot of teams do. And I'll be honest with you, you know, Silver Creek has played six games. That's amazing that they are undefeated. But Jeffersonville at this point of the season, they are one and three. They've played three – or excuse me, one and two. They've played a total of three games so far this year. So – uh, Jeff just needs some more games, and they're going to get two big ones and two tough ones this weekend with Creek tonight and then Harrison at a neutral site tomorrow. Yeah, it, it, definitely. you you got to get those early season reps, no doubt about it. But for Silver Creek to be able to go 6-0 and through their first six, and of course you brought it up earlier this week, they were number 10 in the state, made a big jump up to number three, and I, I think that's deserved. It. They've been playing really well. I, I'd be interested to see how this game's going to work out tonight because you, you just said Jeffersonville's going to have the talent advantage, which I, I think is the case as well, but those Silver Creek players, they, they fight hard. And, and I can't say that Jeffersonville doesn't because, like I said, I haven't seen them yet this season. But that, that Silver Creek's going to give them a game, and it, I, I do think that's going to be close. And ultimately, I think you probably made the right call staying away from Providence, Floyd Central. That Providence, I, they would maybe have something to say to you, Matt, in terms of best team in this area because they're going to be really good once again as well. Yeah, I've got Providence right behind Jeff as far as when it's all said and done. One and two as far as better teams in this area. Adjusted other games tonight, uh, Floyd Providence. I think Providence can handle that contest. Also, New Albany at Orleans. The Bulldogs have been, I think you could say, a pleasant surprise under new coach Jason Jones. They are off to a three and two start. Their losses have come to a really good Evansville Harrison team that, again, Jeff is going to play tomorrow. And Kokomo with Florida Badunga. Uh, they handled Floyd Central uh, last Friday night. But tonight's game at Orleans, it's tough. It's a great environment, tough road game, a structured 1A team that 
will be pumped up and ready for this game. I think New Albany wins. I think New Albany definitely is the better team. But Tom Bradley, Orleans, I don't know if you've been there or you know much about Orleans basketball, but Coach Bradley does it the right way. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out tonight. Well, I know that Orleans in the past few years has been a really, really good established basketball program. So while I don't know a whole lot about them, I can give kudos both to or both to New Albany and Orleans. Orleans for being a smaller 1A school and taking on the challenge of welcoming in a New Albany. And then New Albany as well under a new head coach. You mentioned they're 3-2, and two, so off to a pretty good start for Coach Jones. But for him to take his team to Orleans, and take on that 1A, I don't know if you'd call them a powerhouse. I'll use powerhouse loosely there, but Orleans is a good program. So New Albany's got their work cut out for them tonight as well. I'm with you. I think ultimately they probably do find a way to pull out the win, but it's not going to be an easy contest. Orleans, good little program. Justin Kalen, producer of this show, with us uh, filling in Kyle Neddenrip, uh, unavailable to connect with us today. We could not reach him here on this Friday show. Where are you at tonight, Justin? Are you headed out to a game tonight? I am. So I have got a sneaky good game, and I'm glad you actually brought it up. So I will be on the call for South Central and Christian Academy, which not a conference game or anything like that, but a potential future sectional matchup there at Christian Academy tonight. Really looking forward to that one. The Warriors are 5-0. and South Central, I believe, is 5-1 and on the season. So that should be a highly competitive game. Both of those teams have a nice one-two punch up top. So really looking forward to that one. Hopefully we get a close one there tonight as well. Christian Academy, I, you know, I've, I've sat here and bragged on a number of teams in this segment. I've, I've given my insight for whatever it's worth or not worth about Jeff and Providence here in the area. But Christian Academy has a chance as well when it comes to the postseason. I know we're still early. It's still middle of December. A lot of basketball to be played. But, man, after the holidays, it's downhill to the tournament so very quickly. Mm-hmm. Josh Renfro, Cook, others. They've got a nice nucleus that I think can compete in 1A. There are going to be some 1A battles this regular season and in the sectional tournament, and you've got one of them tonight. Christian Academy and South Central, regardless how it goes tonight, it could easily be a sectional championship-type game uh, in a couple months from now when we get to, uh, I guess, late February, early March. Yeah, no doubt. And and I start thinking, I I got the early look ahead earlier this week on that sectional. Just think of the teams that are in that sectional. So you've got South Central, who normally in past years hasn't been a player, but like I said, they've got a nice little one-two punch. Cole Thomas, if you haven't seen him play, is definitely one of the best players in this area at the 1A level. And then you've got Christian Academy, who's sitting at 5-0. and And then you've got Borden as well, who we, we heard it earlier this year. Kasem Nash dropped a 50 spot. They're doing pretty well in terms of the 1A rankings as well. So all three of those teams in that 1A sectional, there's I'm normally not big on the 1A sectionals, Matt. I'll be the first to tell you that. But this year, if there was a year to go out to that 1A sectional, it would be this year with those three teams because you you just never know what can happen in terms of sectional play. And I I wouldn't be surprised that any result or any one of those three teams winning that sectional this year. Yeah, 1A basketball, man. That the Borden sectional over the years has been an outstanding environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully you're there in the postseason. It's good stuff, man. It's it's really good. I know we talk a lot of 4A basketball, and 
that sort of thing with New Albany and Jeff kind of leading the way in recent years. But there's good basketball at all levels here in Clark and Floyd counties. That There's no question about that. Justin Kalen, producer, thank you. Enjoy Christian Academy, South Central. I hope that I have a better game in Silver Creek and Jeffersonville than you do, but <laughs> I hope you have a good one also. We're, we're competing so. on for competitiveness of games now, Matt. Come on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Whatever it takes. Anything to get that competitive drive going, Justin. <laughs> so have a great weekend. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Friday show. Again, Silver Creek Jeff tonight will be on at 7:10. We'll keep you posted on all the area games the best we can during our broadcast from Johnson Arena tonight. But really looking forward to getting a look at Silver Creek tonight. Really am. Uh, and, of course, the Red Devils, lots of talent there. We'll see how it goes. IU Kansas tomorrow. Don Fisher will have the call here on the Big X from the IU Network. So, again, if you're out Christmas shopping or at a holiday party and you just can't get to a television, whatever the case, we'll have the game for you coming up on Saturday. And uh, a number of games coming up. I was looking at our schedule. Uh, we'll be able to fit in some uh, weeknight games, some high school games as well as we get closer to Christmas, both before and after. So looking forward to being out at more gyms here in the area over the next few weeks. That's going to wrap things up for Friday. Have a great weekend. Check the podcast out if you miss us. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And, uh, again, a great weekend. Get out, support a high school game tonight. Hope everybody's getting their Christmas shopping done, getting in the holiday spirit. And we'll be back with you Monday at 11 o'clock here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.